1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Clint Sterner's Football at Four.
2: Sports Radio 610, Houston Texans breaking news.
0: All right, that's uh, a quiet day be having breaking news. Tyler, what do you got, bud?
3: Yes, sir. Not exactly Texans news here, but it's uh, news regarding the Texans opponent this week, the Tennessee Titans. NFL reporter Paul Kaharski, he is reporting that Titans quarterback and former Aggie quarterback Ryan Tannehill, is very likely done for this football season. Ryan Tannehill's second injury to his right ankle suffered in the team's loss to the Chargers on Sunday will very likely end the quarterback season. Multiple sources are confirming that.
0: Ooh. No Tannehill the rest of the season That's huge, for the Tennessee Titans reportedly. Now, nothing's in stone yet, but, but reportedly – um, no, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, the rest of the way. By the way, they're leading the
3: division right now. Yeah, can Malik carry him to yeah, this division I mean, win? Well, well, I think it's. I think
0: it's going to be. I know they went with Malik when when um, Tannehill went down earlier in the year. I know they went with Malik in in this ball game when Tannehill went down. he, he went in the locker room. He ended up returning. I, I will. It, to me, it'll be very interesting to see. What the the uh, the Titans do at the quarterback position the rest of
2: the way? Well, they signed um, Josh Dobbs off the Lions practice squad. Okay, recently. yeah. Well, well, so he's the backup right now to to Willis. So he'll
0: he'll be okay. Well, if if that's if that's the only two options they have, I, I was thinking that they still had the what what's the kid's name. Um, Golly, it seems like he's been in the league forever. He was Kareem Hunt's quarterback in college, Woodside or Logan Woodside or something like that. But I, I guess not. I mean, he's, White not, Side is that? No, White side's, a, no, no. I don't think so. I think that's you're thinking of an old head. You, you, there, there is one. There oh, was one right, that's, right. that was White something, but but that's not who I'm thinking of. But nonetheless, so if they go Malik Willis the rest of the way, um, they're sitting at seven and seven right now in the, in the the lead uh, for the division, the four seed in the AFC. Currently, again sitting at seven and seven, the Indianapolis Colts four and nine non-factor. Houston Texans already eliminated one twelve and one non-factor. By the way, the Colts I forgot to mention their one tie right there four nine and one. Boy, folks were real, real quick to accept that tie, weren't they? Real excited about that mm-hmm. uh, a couple, you're, a couple months ago, right? Come the Jags, man. That's where I was going with this thing. Good the Jags, Lord. the Jags sitting at six and eight. This division is such ass.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it it, it uh it is. And, and sorry, I was a little blunt. No, well, that's no, it. no, no, no. I mean, look, it's it's a it's a it's a bad division. But but right now you got new blood. The Jacksonville Jaguars in all out, I mean, just dysfunctional mode. This time last year, it right now they are one game behind the Tennessee Titans uh, in terms of of, um, of of winning the division. And the Tennessee Titans have the Texans the Cowboys, and then they finish the season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How about that? This division could come down to the Jacksonville Jaguar-Tennessee Titan ball game to end the season. And the Titans did beat the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, week one. So, yeah. so, uh, I, you know, well, I, I guess it doesn't matter because if they, they end up beating them this time, how will they figure head-to-head if they end up with the same damn record? Yeah, uh, if they split the regular. What, what's season.
2: the what's the tiebreaker? If you split head to head,
3: what's, I I what's no the eye. next tiebreaker? I have I no in, in division record, maybe. I think has yeah, a division. It's record? either that or it, it's how many. It's either that or how many points you scored. I think, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's your division within the record at that point. I mean, your your record within the division. And the at
0: Titans. That point in time.
2: Titans right now are three and one in the division. Jags have split two and two. So a couple of games left between the Titans and the Texans this weekend. Um, that's yeah, going to be interesting. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and you know, the Jags have some quality wins this season. They're coming off of a victory over the Cowboys. Uh, they beat the Chargers earlier this season. They beat the Raiders. Um, there's one
0: other I don't know that I the Raiders up as a quality win, but okay. Well, I mean, at the time, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm it with is you. a
2: very fluid league, but I mean,. Um, yeah, Cowboys and Titans, two wins in they, each of the last they, two weeks, and you've got an opportunity to make the last game of the season yeah. count and mean for something. They you got, got some quality
0: wins: Cowboys, Titans, Ravens, Chargers. Yeah, they've got some, they've got some some big time wins. Now, the the problem with with the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars schedule, and I'm getting off in the weeds here, but the problem with the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule is that they went on that run where they lost five straight and. and the, it was Eagles who they were expected to lose. They played them to a one-score ball game, but then they lost to the Texans, Colts, Giants, and Broncos all right in a row. And I know the Giants are record-wise having a pretty good year, but they're still a very beatable football team mm-hmm. for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that run of ball games really hurt them uh, in terms of, of their their overall record right now. But boy, how's that shaping up? Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> the breaking news: Ryan Tannehill reportedly nothing's official yet, but reportedly is out for the season. Which obviously impacts the Texans Titans game this weekend um, in a big big way. But overall, the division, the AFC South, you're looking at you're looking at uh, the current leader in the clubhouse, the Titans, with no quarterback, no AJ Brown, um, a, a, a Derrick Henry that's that's getting older uh, and, and has been banged up off and on. Um, all of a sudden. Boy, that that uh, the division is up for grabs. Henry's and,
2: run better the last two weeks. Though, sure, than his and he always smart.
0: runs good against the Texans. Yeah. So uh, it, we'll we'll see what happens this week. But boy, you're asking him to tote the load now without with no AJ Brown, no Tannehill. Whew, that could be a that could be a tough tough road to to hoe right there. Uh, look, here's here's the deal: is if Ryan Tannehill can't go, the the attention immediately turns. To can Jacksonville catch him and to what degree? I almost said Malik Hornsby is, is, because that, that's, that's the old, <laughs> uh, that's the old Arkansas guy. But, um, you know, to can, can, um, ultimately, what's Malik Willis. Can yeah. Malik Willis carry, uh, the Titans, um, God, to, to the playoffs. I don't I mean, obviously Do you the, remember
2: how bad he was against the Texans yes, early in yes, the season? That yes. seventeen to ten win they had over the Texans, another one of those games that the Texans should have won. Yes. I mean, absolutely. My gosh, no, they no, he can't carry him anywhere.
0: Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If Davis Mills and, and Jeff Driscoll can go out there and with this little creative one two punch at the quarterback position, play really should have beat the Cowboys, had a chance to go up two scores inside of four minutes. Uh, on the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars can beat the Dallas Cowboys. I would imagine that that uh, Malik Willis and and Derrick Henry in that defense, although it's look, I get it. I'm not saying they're the greatest defense since sliced bread, but but that group could beat the Cowboys. Otherwise, they got the Jacksonville Jaguars and and the Texans. Anything is possible, and they've got a one game lead. Jets by tomorrow the night. They right, got the
2: Jets Well, you're talking about the Titans, yeah.
0: I'm talking about the Titans. They, yeah. They've got a They got a one game lead. In the division, so yeah. um, there you have it, man. That's uh, not only that news, not only impacts this weekend's game with the Texans, but Ryan Tannehill being out the rest of the year will be an interesting watch. Hey, who knows, guys? We may need to Tyler. You may need to throw a couple bucks down on on that Jacksonville-Tennessee game. Who thought that that game would have ever meant anything to end the season? It could. It could be for all the marbles in the division. Blue eighty, easy white ninety. All right, we've got a uh, an official Texans injury report has been released for this uh, this coming week versus the Titans. Wednesday's injury report: um, Mario Addison did not practice. Malik Collins did not practice. Both of them not injury related. Jerry Hughes did not practice, not injury related. Veteran days off. Big boy inside down down line defensive players. Needing a day off, need this late in the season, needing a little bit of rest. Those are your your guys that didn't practice, but was not injury related. Here's your two two players that did not practice today, uh, that it is injury related. Nico Collins, it's his foot. Kenyon Green, it's an ankle, right? So it's his little foots, he's hurting him. Yeah, then he can't then he can't go at that, right, John? Um, but Nico Collins out with a foot, did not practice again. Kenyon Green out with an ankle, did not practice. They've got one more day to practice, or Lovey Smith's rule kicks in. If you don't practice during the game week, then you don't play. Um, I, I think two days of did not practice for those two guys, I think it's, it's, it's unlikely that they're going to end up playing uh, this week. A couple of guys that were limited today, Justin McCray and Chris Moore. Um, Justin McCray, no, no surprise. He was limited last week, and and although he was suited out, um, he he. I don't I don't believe he got in the game. Chris Moore. I mean, this one, this one is gonna. In terms of the Texans, um, in the 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 offense that they are able to field on the on on uh, Saturday, Chris Moore is your biggest threat at the wide receiver position, and he's been limited the last two days with a foot. That could be a problem. Something to keep an eye on. Here here's the elephant in the room, right? Brandon Cooks. Yesterday at practice he was limited with a calf. Uh, today, right today he was a full participant. Brandon Cooks, full participant. Christian Kirksey, full participant. Steven Nelson, full participant today. Um, Obo Okoronkwo, full participant today, and Laramie Tunsil, back full participant today. I think off your off your guys that are back full go today. Two of them: Brandon Cooks. Does he play or is this another we're going to practice a couple of days and then we're going to test it out and we're ultimately uh, going to have to sit out another ball game? I think a lot of folks believe that Brandon Cooks has played his last snap with the Houston Texans. I think that's what you said earlier. I am one of those, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope you're right. I, I don't I don't have a feel one way or the other, but, but I hope you're right. Um, I, I would rather keep focusing on getting the guys that are potentially going to be here long term and help you win ball games, get them run. And um, this offense has had a couple of their better days the last couple of weeks without Brandon Cook. So yeah. keep that rolling. The other one that that uh, that I got my eyes on is Steven Nelson. I really like this secondary when you have Steven Nelson healthy. Uh, now I feel pretty comfortable about Tremont Smith being on the opposite side. That allows you to move Des King back inside, I believe, where he belongs. Tavier Thomas will be your backup nickel. Your, uh, your dime defender gives you a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more depth in the secondary for the Houston Texans. So, your injury report doesn't look like Nico Collins and Kenyon Green are going to play. Chris Moore, we're going to keep an eye on him. He's been limited. And Brandon Cooks, Steven Nelson, Christian Kirksey, Obo Okoronkwo, and Laramie Tunstrel all back and, and look to be trending towards play in this week. Anything stick out out off that list for you? I
2: was just going to say keep an eye on McCray because obviously he's a key one. If Kenyon Green's not going to play this week, which it obviously doesn't appear that he will, that means more Titus Howard at left guard. But if McCray can go, McCray would uh, slide in at left guard. He'd move Titus back to right tackle. Charlie Heck can play anywhere. So if they get in a pinch, if McCray tries to give it a go, can't, Titus moves back over. Heck assumes the right tackle position for the second straight week. I think that's going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty important for the Texans run game-wise to see what they can get out of Royce Freeman, who I really liked last week, especially him running over the left side. The right side, outside zone, Charlie Heck, I thought, did an admirable job in stepping in, pass protection. They didn't give up a sack for the second straight week. But I don't like his inability to reach the outside shoulder on the outside zone runs. I think it's what you need to be able to do in this offense to run the ball effectively with guys like Royce Freeman, so I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I I like the thought. To be honest with you, I like the thought, but I believe this may be a week with Jeffrey Simmons across the football at that defensive tackle position to Did go. go on, Titus again? Just go on. Let Titus go in there. Go over there at guard. Now, look, if Justin McCray's full go, then then he, he's got to play. But if he's hobbled at all and isn't able to, isn't he's limited in practice and he's not able to to be full go. Then, then I say you just put Titus Howard back down there from the jump. Give yourself a chance to put a good product on the football field offensively. Yeah. Let Charlie – see if Charlie Heck can survive on the outside. Once again, give him a little bit of help with running backs and tight ends if you need to, and, uh, and go from there. I, you know, I, I just, I've seen enough of, of McCray and really Kenyon Green against this caliber defensive tackle. I agree with you there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I would love to see Green against him again, but if it's not going to be Green, I'd rather not experiment. Just put – just slide um, – Slide Titus Howard back down there, let him impress and make a little bit more money, showing that he can be uh, damn good at guard as well as tackle. Now, get him back outside to right tackle as soon as you possibly can. But this late in the season, sometimes you got to just uh, you just got to make do with with what you have. So, uh, Justin McCray with that hamstring a little bit limited, we will keep an eye on that uh, for the the Texans uh, as well, fellas. I got an update, man. There's still no water in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, did you still get to no use water. the bathroom? Still no water in the building. I look, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I am, I am dead serious. Like I'm disappointed in Odyssey right now. <laughs> I am. I mean, why would anybody? Well, it's not
2: their fault.
0: No, 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 no. no, no it's no, the no. building no, manager. No, 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 no. Look here. Why would anybody put us up here for four hours? <laughs> and then turn the water off. you can't even luckily, hey. luckily, there's there's a uh, hand sanitizer in the bathroom. Hey, yeah. Clint.
2: Hey, you've had a pretty good working the weekdays. It's a regular deal back in the day when we used to have weekend programming. You'd be up here on Saturday and Sundays, four, five, six hours at a pop. It's, it's pretty commonplace to not have working toilets, water I mean, in the building look, on the weekends. I, I feel, I feel that was my for
0: life you. for 15 I feel years. For, I feel for you okay. and the work. I'm just glad those 15 years are behind you, Chief. There's
3: a lot of trash cans in this office, I, man. I, I'm just saying. I'm just,
0: I'm just here to tell you, it, it it should be illegal to leave us up here for four hours with no water. And ultimately, my concern is is no crapper. I mean, that is... If it gets <laughs> bad
3: enough, you got to go in a trash can, man. Tie that bag up and throw it in one of these empty studios.
0: I mean, you're trying to be funny, and I'm am I'm No, serious. I'm
3: actually being serious. Hey, right, there ain't Johnny's over here. here
0: giggling. Hell, I'm dead. I'm dead serious, man. What,
2: I mean, well, thought that was a good idea? I didn't have the issue that you had, so I mean, I can laugh Lee, a little man. bit at it. I mean, I, you know, I, right. I got to use the urinal. You didn't have that. Look here, that man. Luxury. The,
0: I, I teased this last time. We're gonna get to it here. The hardest thing for Lovey Smith and Nick Casario to overcome, and the hardest thing for Cal <laughs> McNair and Hannah McNair to accept at this point. I believe I'm on to something here. I think this is real talk, real concern. I'll tell you what that is. And we'll we will discuss next selling a little
4: or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45 percent. up to 45 percent off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
3: sports
2: radio 610 presents the drive with sterner and cubely
0: Ron, the show. Ugly is out. Sean Bajani of Sports Radio 610 is in. It's always good to have you, Bajani. Always good, my man. Everything good in your world? We hanging on? We, we doing all right?
2: Hanging on, man. Enjoying it. Like you said, if you can't smile about everything this time of year, then you're doing it wrong.
0: So. That's it, man. I don't know what the
2: hell is going on in your world, That's but I, I want you. none
0: of it. If you, if, you can't, if you can't smile your way through the holidays. <laughs>
2: Boy, that sounded good. So right I told there, you, if I? you're excited about your nine-month-old baby girl during Christmas, as you should be, just yeah. wait until the following year because she's going to enjoy it that much more. My boy, right now, at two and a half, going crazy for Christmas. Well, I'm going to tell you it.
0: what. I, I tell you what. I fully, I fully plan on having um, another bun in the oven. Uh oh. Early, early 23. So hopefully. Next Christmas we will be uh, get that boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I I, I thought I always thought I'd want one. Hey, I I'm, I I just want them healthy, brother. I just want them healthy, man. I absolutely love it, and I'm not going to stop until my wife tells me no more. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not going to stop until my wife tells me no more.
2: More power to you.
0: I, I may be 72, having number four, but <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to keep trying, baby. No doubt about but it. I think I,
2: Mick Jagger did it at 76. Right? I think
0: Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford had one at 70 something years old, I think.
3: Yeah, there's a few fellas out there that. Uh, had some kids <laughs> a little late in life. There, there was, a, there was a day and age,
0: boys, where, where I really had myself convinced every time I heard something like that. See, I'm doing it right, man. There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing, man. I can get this thing figured out when I'm 72. Well, it's a little easier for
2: us to wait, yeah. than the women. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, but yeah, but I mean, I, I, hell, I'm sitting back here looking, looking back on it, going, what in the hell was I waiting on? All that bull job <laughs> I was doing, other than my beautiful wife. Had I started a little earlier, I'd, I'd have a couple of baby mamas by now, and I don't know that she, she'd appreciate that. So, uh, other than wait, other than waiting for my wife, you know, I I, I wish I had about four or five of them at this point in time. Nonetheless, I stay out of the rearview mirror, stay in the windshield, and keep on keeping on, baby. I'm just gonna keep trying until she tells me uh, no more, baby. The the uh,
2: that she locks the door.
0: No, no more, no more little ones, right? <laughs> um, nonetheless, hey, I, look, I, there's been a lot of. Uh, not a lot. Hell, it, it, I mean, we have just abused what's going on with the Houston Texans. 112 and 1, it's all justifiable. Um, I, I think sometimes we're prisoners of the moment in terms of, of some of the criticism, some of the negativity, as well as after after should have beaten the, the Cowboys and and really played neck and neck with the Kansas City Chiefs and had a chance to beat them as well we can be prisoners of the moment in terms of of the the positive approach of of you know hey things are things are coming along you were just really competitive and should have beat two of the top teams, two of the Super Bowl contenders. I think when it's all said and done a lot of this is going to come out in the wash. I do believe that there's going to be two or three things that are going to be major talking points when it comes to does lovey Smith? Does Lovey Smith get fired at the end of the season? Does he get replaced at the end of the season? And does Nick, Casario, no right? and does Nick Casario get the opportunity to hire a third head coach? Right? I, I think those two things I think are are going to be major talking points. Does Lovey Smith get another year? Does the organization choose to be patient? Are they happy with what they've seen? Have they seen enough progress? And then when you look at Nick Casario, hey man, you've hired two coaches. Right? I mean, you, you we're two years, really two and a half years into this rebuild, not on Nick Casario's watch, but two years into this rebuild, and things aren't progressing and rebuilding fast enough. In fact, I i think they're well behind what a typical rebuild would be. And I'm not even worried about the one win. I'm talking about the product, the roster, the the whole thing. Um, I, I think they're well behind schedule. You're looking at a five year rebuild at this rate.
2: I, I, I disagree with that. Yeah, that and we, I, don't, I don't like the way that, that people frame some of those questions too, particularly with Nick Casario. Should he be allowed to hire a third head coach? Because I don't know that anyone knows what went on over the course of the last two years and how they even arrived at David Cully, how they even arrived at Lovey Smith, and how culpable he really is, truthfully is, in those two hires. Um, I I tend to be a little bit more patient, I think, with Casario and trusting. And maybe that's wrong, but prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? I, I think the questions that you ask in regards to Lovey Smith on whether or not he should be back uh, the next year, I think it's a question just because it's been so resounding no. Anybody that you retain on the staff, to me, you're going to have to prove um, over and over again why exactly you think anybody besides Frank Ross should return from yeah. this current staff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I'm not that. That was the, the the point is is I wasn't saying that they should or shouldn't be fired. I'm just my point is is that both of those are going to be topics of conversation. Yeah, I, I think they're very valid conversations. And to me, when I say when I ask the question or or allude to should Nick Casario be 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 allowed to hire a third coach, I, I'm not talking about. Well, because he met, he missed on the first two, I fully understand that the first two coaching hires more so than than a lot of other folks, more so than than Ron, the show, Ugly. I believe that the other two hires were. I mean, look, he hired them, but but in part due to the situation, Cal McNair, Jack Easterby on the first one, hell, even the second one. I think there were a lot of moving parts, but at some point you got to put the dude's feet to the fire and say you you you're responsible for what's going on. You've been here two years. You kept you kept Jack Easterby in the building. You kept on moving in that direction. It ended up in whatever happened with what's his name, the kid that never coached before that they were going to hire as a head coach. McCown. McCown, I don't what you allowed that that may not have been your choice. It may have not I don't know what percentage you were involved in that, but ultimately it's on your watch so you've got to be responsible for it. Um how you arrived at Lovey Smith once again the, the inability to navigate a process uh competently is a problem. I don't think it's solely at the feet of Nick Casario, but at some point in time you got to say, hey man, like Nick Casario, good job, good job trading Deshaun Watson, but you drafted a cornerback that y'all then turned around and played him completely out of a, a, a in a way that you didn't play to his strengths, you you moved down in the in the draft two picks and picked an offensive guard that stayed injured and underperformed all year long. I mean, like you're it's at the end of the, you drafted a quarterback that that has regressed. And I know it's Davis Mills and a lot of us go well, Nick Casario drafted him with the expectations and the hopes that he would perform at a higher level. He's regressed. You put the staff together, the guy you ended up hiring, and and the staff was put together two straight years with some heavy input by you that allowed the, the majority of the roster to regress instead of progress. Like at some point – I'm not saying that's all Nick Casario. At some point in time, that's got to lay at the feet of Nick Casario as you're talking and about whether he should or shouldn't be retained. Whether that's this think year – will ultimately. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, and then that's all fair, but my biggest question is I'm – I don't know that we know for certain just how culpable he's been in a lot of these decisions. How responsible is he? I know he's the general manager and de facto is going to end up taking the blame, okay? But he's also de facto going to be given a lot of the credit. And to what extent is he actually deserving of that? My point is at the end of this, what is the Jack uh, yeah, Easterby well, yeah, factor you're, you're, in everything that happened when Easterby Sean, was here and still when, we're, we're when he good. didn't have his nuts cut yeah, off?
0: Yeah, we're we're way off off because I, I had something I wanted to get to Stingley here, but we'll get to that eventually. But but here's the deal: is you, you're not you're not going to. I don't know to answer your question. Like I don't know how culpable, how responsible. I don't have a percentage to place on it. But there's no way on God's green earth that you're going to convince me, the guy that I watch go out there and stand on the field in athletic gear during practice. Mm-hmm. As a general manager, then goes in an office and goes, "Oh, Cal, who do you want to hire? Hey, Jack, who do you want to hire? Hey, Lovey, you want to be the head coach? I, that, you, you'll never convince me that that he that he is just throwing up his hands and he's not. He is not the biggest, loudest voice in the room. In did you take Josh McCown serious? Do we think that that was somebody else that did that? You whatever whatever process you went through that." It, it was it, it was it was full of dysfunction and still full of of incompetence and you landed on Levy Smith, it, like it,
2: like we think that that Nick just sat sat quietly in the corner. No, I mean at, he at, sat quietly in the corner, but maybe he was overruled by a more powerful respected voice at the time. That's clearly not the case right now.
0: Yeah, we, you know, and I don't, I don't disagree that there were other voices in the room. That's why I said, like, I, I don't, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not solely on his watch. Yeah. Again, my point with Nick Casario is that if you if you chart the pros and cons of keeping versus versus moving on from Nick Casario, it's a lot, it's a lot closer race than I think a lot of folks want to want to want to admit or acknowledge. Did you trade Deshaun Watson and get some 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 pretty good run in return? Yeah, you did. You did mm-hmm. a good job. Twenty-six-year-old franchise quarterback. That's the top five in the league. It, it, yeah, you got a pretty good return yeah. for it. Yeah. Did you handle that process when he was still here? Did you handle it the right way? I would say that's a negative. I mean, he was on the field as as a damn safety in scout team and a receiver <laughs> on the scout team. I mean, yeah. what's the point in doing those kind of things, right? So, I mean, I think we can start adding up pluses and minuses and positives and negatives. And I just think it's it's a my only you point. Should. My only point is that it's a conversation. My only point is that I think I think at when it's all said and done at the end of the year, there's going to be two major talking points. It's going to be Lovey, Lovey Smith's job security and Nick Casario's job security. And, and I just believe that that is a legit, justifiable conversation. There's two sides to be to be had, and both of them I'm willing to listen to and have a conversation about. I don't think it's a closed, cl- you know, open, what, is, what do they say? what do they say open, open and, clo- and closed door open and closed case is that case? what it is yeah yeah i showcase, I, I, yeah. I just don't believe you, you get my point i just don't believe uh-huh. that's uh that's where we're sitting man so um nonetheless i appreciate you getting me off in the weeds right there on that one that was uh that was good i'm gonna try this one more time i'm gonna try this one more time hey guess what y'all have heard this tease before this is good stuff and we're gonna get there the hardest thing actually you know what yeah Let's go there. The hardest thing for Lovey and Nick Casario to overcome, which we just we just uh, highlighted what we're talking about there, and I think that the, the one, not the one, but one big thing that Cal McNair needs to really consider, and I think ultimately is going to be hard for him to accept, about what's going on in Houston moving forward this offseason. I'll tell you what that is, and we will discuss next. I promise you we will discuss next. If your day sounds like.
3: We need the report ASAP.
1: You deserve Medella if you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
2: Two more reps, two more.
1: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the mark of the fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv.
0: Sports Radio six ten presents the Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, Ron. The show Hughley is out. Sean Bajani is in. That's right, Ron. The show Hughley has handed the reins to old Dirty Red. Boy, we've been at this thing now. We have no water in the building, which most importantly means we have no crapper. So if I'm talking a little bit fast, excuse me. It's it's uh, not because I'm I'm purposely doing it. it just, Are you me? No, man. I wish I was, mother. I wish I wish I was. Um. Tough day, tough day in the building. But uh, Ron, the show, Ugly, handed the reins over, and here we go. Kill, kill uh, Bajani's mic so he can't get me off in the weeds again on this damn Nick Casario deal. Yes, sir. Let's
2: turn it right back uh, on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All
2: right. So I, I'm I'm
0: buzzing through. Uh, I get a, um, a, a a reminder, not a reminder, but a notice, notification, if you will. Um, from the athletic. Speaking of, I don't know if they heard me saying it, but the athletic just popped up right now with a notification. But I got one and and the it, it was it was notifying me that an article had been written. Um and the article included it had something to do with the Houston Texans, so I get all those notifications. And this this particular article was Deontay Lee of the Athletic. And the the, the title of the article was What Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr. can teach us about the top twenty-three uh cornerbacks. This this year's draft. So, what what I what I like about this article, just to be clear, is it's not a hit piece on the Texans, right? It's it's not a hit piece on Derek Stingley Jr. It is simply outlining the the journey uh, of two rookie cornerbacks, and and then it sums up and it goes into the twenty twenty three draft and and what, um, you know what teams should look for and how they should handle and use cornerbacks that they draft. And this article, it outlined everything about Sauce Gardner, and then it outlines everything about Derek Stingley Jr. And here's some of the things that it said about Derek Stingley Jr., which was a number three overall pick for the Houston Texans in the 2022 draft last year. Stingley, coming out, coming out of college, showed great press man-to-man skills, has played off coverage and a ton of zone in Houston, right? Derek Stingley in college played press man-to-man. It's why he was the, the top-rated or the top in the top two rated cornerbacks in the draft was because of his ability to play press man-to-man skills, press man-to-man coverage, the skills, the big body, the speed, the willingness to be physical, the ability to play the ball in the air, the hand-eye coordination, all those things, right? And it says, but he's he is in Houston, he's played off coverage in a ton of zone. Okay? Then it goes on to say, Derek Stingley Jr. learned to be versatile and honed the ability to play all coverages. Okay, I can buy into that. Came in as a man-to-man corner in the league under Lovey Smith. He's honing his skills to play all coverages, not just press man-to-man. This article even goes on to say that obviously this guy watched, this Deontay Lee watched quite a bit of film because he realized that, that Derek Stingley Jr., when he was healthy, was traveling with the opponent's biggest threat at the wide receiver position. He would travel. He'd flip. He'd play field. He'd play boundary wherever the best receiver was. But when he was there, it wasn't to play man-to-man defense. It was to play again some kind of soft zone. Um, or in times that he played man, he would play soft man. Right. So that's all. That's all stuff that I knew. We've heard Seth Payne talk about it on the show yesterday. I've talked about it on the show. Ugly's talked about it. I, I think. I think that point that that uh, that what we're seeing from Derek Stingley. Um, is more lovey than it is love. It's more lovey dominant than Stingley dominant. And here's where the concern comes in, in this article for me. And this is something that I believe as, as everything comes out in the wash after the season's over and the Houston Texans deciding whether they want to be patient with lovey Smith and give him another year, whether they want to allow Nick Casario to hire a third coach or do they want to move in a different direction? I believe this is something that should be a concern for Cal and Hannah McNair. This is how the article wraps up. And this is the number one thing, my pet peeve with coaching. This article about Sting- Derrick Derek Stingley Jr., number three overall pick, sums up like this. This guy says, it's been interesting to watch Derek Stingley play in a way that's divorced from his standout traits. Let me let me let me, let me read that again. It's been interesting to watch Derek Stingley play in a way that's divorced from his standout traits. In my opinion, a coach's number one job. Now, coaches have a, an unbelievable job. They, they've got a ton to do, and it's unbelievably difficult. The number one job that I expect from all coaches, like, what is your job? If you walked in and asked any coach, what is your job as a coach? The, the immediate response, you've got you've got 30 seconds to respond. The immediate response should be, put my guys in place to play using their strengths – I'm sorry, to win using their strengths more times than not, as many times as possible.
2: Yeah.
0: And the fact that the Houston Texans, they've got a steeper climb than any organization in pro football to rebuild this organization. And you use the number three overall draft pick to draft a corner – that has elite man-to-man cover skills, bring him to the NFL, bring him to your organization, and use him in such soft coverage and in predominantly zone coverage to the point of where national media outlets are writing random pieces about cornerbacks being drafted this year and last year, and the comment about your guy is it's been interesting to watch him play in a way that's divorced from his standout traits. That's a major concern for me.
3: Love and he said divorce is sometimes a good thing. It, not in this case, Chief. <laughs> you, I don't want Derek
0: Singly well, divorced from playing man-to-man coverage. I, I, I just this to me is a real problem in one Nick Casario drafting guys and then allowing them to be like drafting them without a plan, allowing them to be used in just whatever kind of way. That a defensive coordinator wants to use them, and then a defensive coordinator, defensive-minded head coach, mind you, uses a guy outside of divorced from his standout traits for the majority of the time that he's on the field for what well, I think it was ten ball games. I, That's that to me is crazy.
2: I've got I've got three things here okay. for you, and it's not me necessarily coming in defense of lovey Smith, sure no i'd love you I, to I'm, try that i'm more well yeah, it might be an impossible job at least in this regard but i guess not it's more looking at it from an objective point of view and reading into a little bit more of what uh Deonte lee had to say okay. in this article so after he, he says what you what you keep mentioning in terms of um you know, divorce divorced, from his standout, from his standout traits. traits he goes on to say that You know, while Stingley doesn't get as many opportunities to play the ball as we'd all like to see in these zone looks, which makes sense, right? He also makes mention that it could be on account of offenses attacking linebackers and other interior defenders in the passing game rather than pick on Stingley or King or Nelson on the outside, right? So there's that one. Two, what about what we've observed over the course of the last month and what Lovey Smith has done with his use of Jalen Petrie, moving him back to a more natural position at free safety, clearly utilizing his strengths, okay? And it's paid dividends. I mean, Petrie's played a couple of his best games, you know, the entire season over the course of the last couple of weeks against the best opponents in the Cowboys and the Chiefs. That's two. And then number three, reading a little bit further in this article, Lee does say that he stills still sees Stingley as a true franchise level cornerback with enough versatility to fit into any scheme. So, just your professional opinion on those three observations from me?
0: No, I, I think I think they're all. I mean, I I, I read the whole article as well. I, I think they're all very very valid points that that one could make. But there's there's just there's no excuse. My 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 my. I guess my whole point is less about pushing back on Deontay Lee and the point, the overall point he's making, and and my point is more to it doesn't matter what the guy's point is, it doesn't matter who it is, the fact that a a a reporter, a journalist can. Shape his mouth to say that it's been interesting to watch Derek Stingley, your number three overall pick, play in a way that's divorced from his standout traits. Like that's that should never be acceptable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that your linebackers ain't worth the flip, so they're attacking inside. I'll tell you that they're attacking inside because it's cover two. The weak spot of the, the weak spot of, of cover two, which is what Lovey plays a lot of. The weak spot Short is over the middle of the yeah. field with your tight ends, right? The weak spot is to run the football, right? We've seen both of them. So, I, I would, I, knowing the Texans, I would say that they attack the middle of the field because of Lovey Smith's tendencies to play cover two in critical moments and play the safeties deeper than the deepest. So, I mean, anybody of their right mind would attack the middle of the field more so than, well, they would rather attack these weak linebackers instead of Derek Stingley outside. Right, I, I think I think that's a good theoretic, theoretically, like theory-wise, that's a good conversation to have. Yeah. But you and I both know that ain't what's happening. Right. I mean, right. It, it, that that's not now. Now, I mean, whether they th- whether they're throwing the football his direction or not, and and whether there's somebody uh, a journeyman one-year contract linebacker that's being attacked instead of Derek Stingley is completely irrelevant to me. If, if there is no doubt about it that that they drafted a guy that is that is elite. In, in terms of man-to-man cover skills. And they have chosen to play him softer than hot butter and most of the time in zones. Mm-hmm. That that I don't I don't need to, I don't need to go any further than that. My point is simple is that we're it's not me or you or Sean Pendergast or Landry Locker or, or it's it's not one of us local guys that we talk about this four hours a day. It's not one of us local guys like you that's at every practice and at every press conference. This is a national dude Ending his thoughts on on the use of Derek Stingley again, in in not in not a manner of attacking Levy Smith or Nick Casario or anybody. Mm-hmm. It's not a hit piece of any any kind. Right. He's just matter of factly saying, "Look, he's been he's been used in a way that's he's divorced from his standout traits. Who does that?
2: Yeah, no, I get what I you're mean, saying. Look, he's still he's still on the offense's you know most potent threat in the receiver core. Okay, so there's that. So. Yes, that's why it's what I kind of alluded to earlier. Maybe I flat out said it. It's another indictment on Lovey Smith who has shown already this season in a number of instances yeah. where yeah. he underutilizes personnel or doesn't utilize them in the proper position. That in itself, this is just a point on one particular player well, well, and a but, high draft pick. It, it, it just kind of again is another indictment on the case of why Lovey Smith should not be allowed to be the head coach, but, much less the defensive but, coordinator. But, but in
0: Sean, it, it goes deeper than that to me. The reason I'm pointing this out is because it's a number three overall pick, right? And, and it's a very specialized skill set on a player. It's the very reason why you drafted him number three overall, and 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 you've got six first-round draft picks, two last year, two this year, and two in 24. And if if what we're going to do is we're going to draft guys because they, they impress the hell out of you in man-to-man skill and then bring them in the building and play them in zone coverage, if we're going to draft a guy because he was a really, really, really good tackle and then come in and play him at guard mm-hmm. – you know what I mean? Or if we're gonna draft a guy because he was a really, really good inline tight end and then bring him in the building and play him in the slot and, and disconnect it from the tackle sure. or move him around all the time instead of playing with his hand in the dirt, like you're 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 not progressing. You're not you're not developing. 100%. You're not you're not you're not putting guys in position to win using their strengths. I just I just don't know there's no excuse. And this is one that stands out because it's the number three overall pick, because it's a specialized position, and because you've got four more first-round picks that the same guys are going to pick. And if you let Lovey have more time, they're going to be the guys responsible for developing them. I just I just don't – it goes back to Titus Howard playing guard for his first three years in the league. It's like, what you drafted this guy because of his athleticism to be a tackle. He just handled yes. T.J. Watt for four quarters as good as any young young offensive lineman can. And now you're going to tell us he's a guard? Right. Like, it, like that, that – to me, that whole thing is just—it's risky as hell, and I believe it's a major mistake. And the same people that that are responsible for it, drafting and playing them that way, are, are have four more first-round draft picks. That's all, that's my only point. I think when it comes down to talking about these guys and their future with the Texans, Nick Casario and Lovey Smith, I believe that has to be stick. That has to be the elephant. In the sure, room. but
2: how responsible could Casario possibly be, in how his head coach chooses to play a particular player? You know what I'm saying? Like it's Lovey at the end of the day. Lovey could be standing up on a table saying "F you." Yeah. This is what. This is how my scheme works. You, this is how he fits into If you
0: think scheme. that's how, if you think that's what's going on, then I'll tell you that that relationship it, it. I mean, if that's what the GM and the head coach are doing, GM's out there drafting a number the number three a, a corner, mm-hmm. and the head coach is going to screw you. I'm going to use him however I want him. Then this is going to be a ten year rebuild. I that's, mean, that, that's. That, how that's often just, do
2: you think that actually happens? I think I figured something like that is probably pretty commonplace. Hey, you hired did, me to coordinate defense it, did, to be a head coach. Thing, this is the way I. The here's way the I thing: it did,
0: it didn't happen in New York. It didn't happen with Sauce Gardner. They drafted a press corner, physical, long. Man to man corner, yeah. and they're playing him that way, and he's playing at a Pro
2: Bowl level, if not an All Pro level. Sure, but how many other guys run a freaking Tampa two most of the time? No, look, I, look, I mean, there's, there, there's, there's,
0: that's fine. But, that, yeah. but even if that's true, though, that's my whole point. Yeah. Is if that's what you're going to do, and that's the coach you're going to commit to, and that's the that's the scheme he's going to run, then you don't, then you go get another Steven Nelson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't waste the number three overall pick on a corner if that's what you're going to do with him. Yeah, but that, maybe you it. do it that's because it. you
2: know Lovey's not long for the job. But look.
0: And, and so you do it and allow the kid to get one year in the league doing something that he's not that that it's it's your number three overall pick and you're not using him to his strength. So you allow what I believe is the number one thing for a coach to do is put a player in position to win using his strengths. That's unacceptable as a general manager. That's unacceptable. Like that's plumb ass silly. That's not going to. You're not going to rebuild a football team doing it. That. That's 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 my that's my only point. You're, you're going to have a, a hell of a time rebuilding a football team doing that. All right. Speaking of that rebuilding football team, the Texans at the Titans. Uh, Christmas Eve. They got the Titans, and we've got an injury injury report for that particular game. We've got some good news. We got some bad news, and we got a few that fall in between. We'll talk about Texans Titans next.